0: Of a people.
1: You are now tuned in to the Cyclones podcast, where we focus on youth and high school basketball in and around central Kentucky with interviews and basketball commentary from coaches, players, and basketball minds. And I'm your host, Coach Malik. Welcome back to the podcast. For all my returning subscribers, thanks for being a part of the Cyclone Nation. If you're new here, please subscribe. And don't forget to go check out the content on the Cyclone's YouTube channel. Also, please leave a comment, review, or feedback. This is episode number four. And today will be another basketball smorgasbord with me and my guests discussing skill development in youth basketball and also man-to-man or zone what's your preference for youth basketball i brought back gordon miles from prototypes athletics gordon thanks for joining us
0: man i appreciate it malik thanks for having me bro
1: looks like i might have to get a second chair and a mic and make you a co-host <laughs> so um How's everything with you and your family in regards to uh, making it through this coronavirus situation?
0: Uh, we're doing good, man. Everybody's healthy. You know, my grandmother is probably the m- person that I'm most concerned about. She seems to be doing good. Uh, daughters are in good hands. So everything's running smooth, man. Everybody's safe. Everybody's healthy.
1: Good. Glad to hear that. And I hope everybody out there that's listening is doing well and staying safe during these times. And uh, speaking of coronavirus, that's really how I kind of chose the topic for today. I follow a lot of coaches from different states and different areas on Twitter, and I've seen where um, coaches are trying to get workouts um, to their players during this time. And we also did an episode on a YouTube channel in regards to the stay-at-home drills. Um, But with that being said, I I got to thinking. You know, you you hear the term skill development, um, but it's really used kind of casual.
0: If we're talking skill development, then it's exactly what it says. You are, you know, zeroing in on your craft, understanding what your strong points and weaknesses are on the basketball floor, uh, what the requirements of of your position, and uh, just keeping up with the, uh, you know, the evolution of the game. You know, working on new moves, working on new footwork, uh, doing stuff that will help you in game situations.
1: I think you said a a good thing and made a valid point when you said working on your specific um, needs. They're getting workouts and and things like that. But um, in in my opinion, and and I want to ask you this, and and let me put this caveat out there before uh, I ask you this. Um, uh, Gordon Miles – Um, from prototype athletics, he is one of the few individuals that me and him don't see eye to eye all the time. So, (laughs) so, so let, let me say that for the listeners, because (laughs) I don't want them to feel like, oh, he brings the yes man on every week. No, (laughs) I I can tell you 100% to be factual that we don't agree on everything.
0: Absolutely. You are right about that.
1: Um, but with that being said, um I, I guess the question that I have for you is how specific does it really need to be for youth in, in regards to them getting better?
0: uh, let me say this to start off nothing uh, I don't think can hurt your game as far as uh you know from a ball handling standpoint, from a conditioning standpoint, if you're touching a basketball and you're just having it in your hands is helping you. Uh, you know, to some extent. Uh, when we talk about how specific do we need to get down to, I think you actually need to, it, it, it's, it's like fitness. Everybody has their own path. Uh, there are some kids uh, who I will train individually. There are certain kids that I won't train individually. The ones that I do, the upper level kids, all have a great understanding of a team concept. And they also are upper level as far as talent. They already can do a lot of the fundamental things that I can do as an adult. So I'll take those kids and I'll teach them the in and outs of, you know, we say a point guard, the in and outs of the pick and roll situation, what they should be doing off the ball. Uh, if, if it's a point guard, I'm working on a bunch of finishes at the rim, uh, one handed floaters, two footed runners, reverse layups, ways to protect yourself before you you know, get to the rim against those bigger players. Uh, If we're talking about a kid who doesn't understand those fundamental basics or maybe just not as naturally talented, then I'm going to take them uh, in a group together and we're going to teach basic concepts. So it's going to almost be like a practice. It's going to be a lot of fundamental work. It's going to be a whole bunch of stuff that me and you, uh, you know, came up doing at the beginning of every practice that uh, coaches have gotten away from, you know, the basics. So it just kind of depends on the kid. It depends on the the work ethic, the basketball IQ, and uh, every case is different, man. I have to be honest with you.
1: Now now let me back up a little bit because um, we may have listeners that support us that are not um, as um, well-defined in regards to – or well-versed in regards to basketball terminology and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So yeah. when, when, when I say skill development, Um, there are certain skills that you have to possess in order to play any given sport and basketball is no different. And so when we say development of skills, we're talking ball handling, we're talking shooting, we're talking rebounding, we're talking passing, and we're talking defense. Those things that I just named are the framework of your basketball game as an individual. And of course, you know, from when you start getting into, um, playing with other individuals and playing on a team, then you throw in the team concepts um, portion of it. But under those five categories, then you're going to have subcategories that have to be addressed in regards to um, bettering your skill or furthering your skill. You can't just say um, ball handling, go dribble a basketball. No, you got to be able to dribble with movement. You got to be able to dribble under pressure. You got to be able to dribble with different moves, you know, so those things have to be taken into consideration when you're looking at um, skill development um, from an individual a- aspect, in my opinion. And and I apologize for kind of jumping the gun on that, but I just yeah. wanted to make sure that we identified what we see as the, the building blocks of skill development. Right. Um, f- for me, I'm more of the the old school approach when it comes to um, drill work and things like that. But um, for you, are you more so when you have a kid or kids in the gym, are you more so dealing with them with tried and true methods or have you um, came up with some new methods that you implement just based on the evolution of the game?
0: Uh, it's actually a, a strong mix of both. Uh, you know, I come from the old school Bobby Knight, you know, style coach of uh, you know drilling it into your head and you know punishing you when you when you do it wrong. So some of the stuff we do, uh, you know, to start the workout, uh, be basic, uh, you know, stuff that that we used to do that's been proven that works, like you said. And then you know we'll get into some innovative stuff, some stuff that I've come up with my on my own, or some stuff that you know I study a lot of good trainers you know what i'm saying so some of the stuff that i've seen that that's that looks like it works and 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 after i've used it i can say it's proven to work so it's a little strong mix of both
1: now now what what i do is and i very rarely do um individual training um but from from what i do with the cyclones when i do do the individual training um I kind of take a structured approach instead of me going, finding drills that um, are used, that I've used in the past for every player that I work with. I try to see what the player's needs are and then formulate a structure in regards to um, what I feel like they need to to get better.
0: Right. I got you.
1: Um, Now, We'll use a a player, and I I won't say any names, but we'll use a player that I worked with last summer in regards to um, a structured plan that I put together for them, okay? I I got to see them play during the year. Um, I sit down with uh, her and her parents in regards to what she felt like and they felt like she needed to get better at. And then I gave them my analysis in regards to what I felt that she needed to get better at. And this is your progression that I need to see before we can move on to the next level. And how do you feel about that?
0: Uh, I definitely agree with you. And uh, some of those kids definitely need that structure that you're talking about. They need almost like a, a weightlifting formula. Like you would lift your body mass and 80% of this and 20% of that. Some of them actually need that. And that's definitely, uh, you know, uh, help their game a thousand percent. Uh I will say this, uh, you come into situations where you have that, uh, you know, that structured plan and you you think you know what's going on moving forward and then things change. Uh, Jordan Bly is one of those kids that uh, I've trained since he was, I believe sixth, seventh grade. Uh, He was always the fastest kid, Uh, you know, didn't understand pace at all really, hadn't played a lot of organized basketball. Um, I had a structure for him that was going to teach him to raise his, you know, kind of do some stuff to raise his basketball IQ. And all of a sudden, you know, he blows his leg out, blows his knee out. Uh, so a whole season of what we had planned for him moving forward totally changed uh, because he got hurt. He, his basketball IQ uh, rose during the season. So, well, that was something that we don't have to take care of this summer. Now this summer we go in with a different approach about where to attack on the floor and different stuff like that. Uh, So that that structure, you know, definitely has to be there, but you also have to be ready to adjust.
1: Well, and I think that goes without saying, you know, whether you're coaching football, basketball, baseball, you know, your ability to adjust on the fly is what makes you – or sets you apart from the average coach in regards to that. And that revolves around Absolutely. preparation. Um, now, I, like I said, I I've seldom do the the individual training, you know, and I will offer that with kids that are in the cyclones program. But um, for me, it's, it's more so, I guess you would say group training because we're doing a lot of team stuff with the Cyclones. And, and that's a right. whole nother animal in itself when you're talking about skill development and, and, and progression. What's your preference in regards to individual or group training? And, and, and how, do you, how do you separate the two in regards to your preparation?
0: Uh, like I was saying, you know, there's an elite group that I will train as far as uh you know skill level in basketball iq uh i found that uh work ethic is a big work ethic and iq is a big thing for anybody that you're going to train individually um if the work ethic's not there you're going to be frustrated they're going to be frustrated no matter how you know a uh, bad mom or dad wants them to be great but uh you know so the the group setting, I think small groups of four, uh, no more than six, those actually push and motivate the kids a little bit more because now I got, uh, you know, some camaraderie. You know, we all working together. We all trying to get better as a group.
1: Now, um, with, with the individual instruction, I, I've come to find out that even though I don't do it a lot, that I've gotten my best results from a player out of the individual instruction. And, and I think for me it's because I can really hone in on what this player needs to get done and I can take the time um, to allow um, the mistakes. We we have to do this one over and that as opposed to a group setting or team setting, it's mm-hmm. okay, look, we, we don't have that much time. We, Correct. To, you, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and also I think, From a group setting perspective, what that gives me in regards to um, skill development is it gives me the competitive level. Now I get to allow y'all to be competitive with one another as opposed to, hey, you're going against these cones every day. Well, you know, the cones don't move. I'm sorry. You know, that's that's great in regards to your base skills. But eventually, the progression has got to be you have to be going at somebody. Somebody has got to be going at you. And it's got to be a competitive um, environment in order for you to progress to the next level. And the next level is being how are you going to carry these skills over into game situations.
0: Right. Yeah. And in my individuals, you know, even when I got one kid in the gym, I'm, I'm guarding them. You know, I'm playing defense. I'm making sure that they get that time. You know, and and understanding that that they got to handle the ball under pressure, got to shoot under pressure, everything.
1: And that buzzer sound is the end of the first quarter. It's time for a word to our sponsors. We would like to thank Whitaker Bank for being a sponsor of the Capital City Cyclones program. Whitaker Bank, uniquely Kentucky. Man-to-man defense Mm
0: -hmm.
1: or zone defense for youth basketball? Uh,
0: if we talking one or the other, or one's gotta come before the other, I'm definitely saying that it's gonna be man-to-man defense for sure. Um, if you don't understand man-to-man principles, uh, there's no way that we can even move on to zone principles and understanding. And, and, and you know, it's if you can't play man-to-man defense, then I don't know where you're gonna play basketball at.
1: Now, now I I do apply main principles, um, regardless of what age group that I'm coaching. Um, I I think that that if they have that, like you said, if they have that foundation, then they can, you know, the zone becomes a lot easier in regards to when that's implemented. But with that being said, I'm not a middle school coach, I'm not an elementary school coach, and I'm not a high school coach. So. Um, For me to say you need to be playing man-to-man defense, I'm not so sure that I have the right to tell a coach who is coaching at a um, middle school level in regards to their kids growing that it's mandatory that that they have to play uh, man-to-man
0: defense. This is one of them things we're going to disagree on, Malik. I I totally disagree only because – uh, the whole po- point of middle school basketball is to be ready for high school basketball. It's not to win games. It, yes. You want to be competitive. And yes, if we have to play a zone, the majority of the time, then we'll do that. But if we can't, and this should be, you know, uh, before your season even starts, I know some of the football players might miss some of those sessions, but we are talking er, uh, uh, December, you know, September, November, those those are the times we are learning the man-to-man principles. I'm teaching it like it's the Bible. Uh, we we are going to drill it, drill it, drill it, drill it, drill it. And if we can't be competitive, if I can't put any five players on the floor to be competitive in man-to-man defense, not necessarily for a long period of time, not against every team that we play, but if we can't do that, then I, I fail those kids, man. They're not, they not going to be ready for high school basketball.
1: Well, and, and that brings us to another point um so what if you have a situation where the high school program um, plays a lot of zone um so and 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 would like for your kids to be versed in that by the time they get there you know what if you have a situation like that and also zone defense is a part of basketball is it not absolutely it is so how can how would you you know, like I said, I don't coach elementary school, middle school, high school basketball. I'm a, mm-hmm. I, I'm a summer coach. We run an AAU program. But mm-hmm. with that being said, if, if somebody told me going into any given game and said, hey, you can't play zone, I'm like, what? You're taking the aspect of a game away from me.
0: I, I totally understand. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's just like any other asset of the game. Like we're talking offense. I think you have to be able to drive to the basket and I think you also need to know how to move without the ball. So I'm not asking you to do one or the other, but I'm definitely making these man-to-man principles mandatory and I'm making you understand that you have to move and you have to talk on defense. You you In the man-to-man, uh, learning how to guard cuts off the ball, learning how to play help defense from the other side of the floor learning how to close out from the middle of the floor those are things that if you if you're taking basketball serious and you want to make your high school team you have to know how to do those things you have to
1: uh, and I and I completely agree and you know being around me you know that I'm a man coach anyway mm-hmm. everything that I do is relying upon you know, we we gotta stay in front of the basketball. If your mm-hmm. teammate can't stay in front of the basketball, it's your responsibility to help them. If mm-hmm. it, you know, and if that ball gets kicked, then you need to uh recover and your other teammate needs to rotate. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I am a full-fledged supporter of man to man. Absolutely, Um, principles. But at the same time, um, I don't want to take aspects of the game away from. I don't think it should be a universal law. You can't play zone defense in middle school.
0: No, I don't think that. Like I said, I think you have to be prepared to be able to play it if if it comes down to it. And I think you should implement it just so you can get those kids some experience doing it. But uh, uh, other than those, you know, academy schools and all of those, up uh, a few you know, upper level schools, uh, the ones who, like you've seen, uh, I can't remember the name of the school that the ball brothers went to. They only exclusively play, you know, a certain type of defense and they run out every time. Uh, I don't know any team that, that in high school necessarily that takes the Jim Bayheim approach and I'm only going to play a two, three, and this is what I need to, you know what I'm saying? So, uh, I'm definitely not taking away those zone principles. But once we get good at man-to-man, then that's when we're going to move on. Or at least we've covered that stuff. And I feel like enough of my team understands that this is what you got to do to play defense. And my last point is it just makes you tough. You know what I'm saying? If I teach you to be back in a zone for your whole middle school career or we do that and not cover man-to-man – you're going to be a soft kid. You're not going to check people in the lane. You're not going to – it's going to hurt your game, I think.
1: Well, and and I think that's where I would probably disagree in regards to that because I, I think it's been um, overrated in regards to a zone being soft. I, I've seen zones that will literally annihilate a basketball team. You know, I, I, there there are some zones that just are not soft. They are active. They will make a, a, a team work to get good shots. So mm-hmm. I, I think from that perspective in regards to, oh, you playing a zone, you saw, I'm going to disagree with that just on the basis that I've seen zones. And I'm going to tell you one that I think is, um, that I think is extremely well in our area on the girl side of things. I think how, how Joey implements Joey Thacker, how he implements when and where he will press out of zones in the half court. I think he utilizes that very well to disrupt uh, the opposing player, create tempo for himself. So I just can't be 100% sure that playing in a zone is soft.
0: I'm gonna tell you why that zone is so good. Because you got four or five girls who can pressure that ball in a man-to-man setting. You got, right. four, or five, you got four or five girls who can guard the ball and make it tough for anybody passing, anybody shooting the ball. You know, that they, they, he's got an athletic group, and you're absolutely right. That zone, and there's it, a lot of zones uh, that are definitely dangerous, you know. So I, I don't disagree with you there at all. I, I don't think that – I think that all of those teams and all of this, the the stuff that you're talking about, I guarantee if you put them in half court man-to-man, that they'd that, be pretty tough too. Right.
1: And that Now that I'm not going to disagree because, you know, I've seen – uh, Franklin County this year. I'm, we're speaking from the girls side. Franklin yeah. County this year, and I thought that what Anderson County did, out of their half court zone offense, the traps and stuff that they did, I thought that they did it very well. But mm. like you said, and like we've both been saying, their base defense is man to man. Right. You know, e- everything evolves out of that man to man. So, yeah. um, now, with with all those things being said. What zone defense, to you, um, what what zone defense is really, you know, eye catching to you and something you say? Well, if I played zone, I, I would do something like that, or you know, a, a variable or offshoot of that.
0: Right. Um, since we're talking about Franklin County, uh, Coach Stacker, I think uh, the one that caught my eye the most is a it's 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 a three two that he plays with kind of uh, uh, two, three principles.
1: Now, you, you know, and being around our program that, you know, I'm get, get up in them, sit down and, and, and make them work. You you know my principles in regards to we're going to play man, and we're going to play Absolutely. man the whole court, and we're going to play man all game long. Right. but. Um, I, I was researching, you know, I seen a couple of teams play it on the college level and I was kind of researching it. How would it be? Could it be effective on a high school level? And, and I said, and I told you this before we was getting ready to start the summer, man, we playing one, three, one this year. Uh, I remember telling you that and you was like, what, what you playing a zone. <laughs> so but, and, and the reason I say that after the research that I done, I seen that. What it's good at is really what high school players are weak at.
0: Gotcha.
1: You know, a, a lot of your girls' high school players, they don't pass the ball very well. Right. You know, that's that's a big thing for me in high school basketball. It, they don't – girls' high school basketball here in Kentucky, from what I've seen, they mm-hmm. don't pass the ball very well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they don't pass the ball well out of trap situations.
0: Right, and, I would agree.
1: And, and that one-three-one has so many different variables that it can put you in trap situations and continually put pressure on the basketball. Right now, that's where I'm leaning at in regards to um, when we do get started back up or next summer, what have you. Not right. as being my base defense, but I think I want that. To be a big part of what we do moving forward, because I think you can just take advantage of so many different things out of that set: Four court, quarter court, half court. You Everything. can do all of those things out right. of that defense. So that's, right. that's 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 my pick in regards to um, what I would use on a high school level.
0: Yeah. And I tell you, a big asset that you have as far as running that defense is Jasmine Chambers.
1: Who and she was going to be at the point.
0: Yes, absolutely. She you know, know, she has those long arms. She plays volleyball, she has good anticipation, she can deflect, and she's wide enough to keep the ball on one side. Uh, it kind of reminds me of David Evans. He used to play for Franklin County at mm-hmm. uh, Brevard College and played a little pro ball, too. Uh, he he was one of the best I've ever seen at forcing the ball to one side. Uh, he, and he played the center position. He was the longest kid out there, six four, six five. Uh, long and, and just kept the ball on one side, irritated your point guard, made them throw lob passes for Roney and the Hooks brothers to run through the passing lanes and shoot layups, man. That was, that was a, a great one-three-one defense, man. And I think that's a good idea for you too.
1: Well, and, and I think for us, the, the personnel that we had coming in for the summer was like, this is a no brainer because, you know, you can, you can have a couple of people at that point because you're not going to have jazz hold the whole game, killing herself. So you know you have a, a secondary person that can back her up to putting that mm-hmm. pressure on the ball and forcing that ball to a side. And then you on that on that backside, um, we had I think a couple of girls that were going to be gritty enough to be able to handle that load of getting from corner to corner and kind of directing the defense overall. You know. I just like I said, you know, I'm a uh I'm a student of the game more than anything and I, I like to grow and, and try new things and whatnot, but I'm not gonna try anything new that I don't think is gonna be beneficial to the players that come through our program.
0: Right. Absolutely. It,
1: you know, I'm I'm not it ain't a circus you know at the end of the day it's still about the kids not Definitely. about me not about me coming in with a 99 bottles and saying look watch me juggle these you you know what i mean right
0: <laughs> so, right. Oh, so yeah
1: from, from that standpoint and and for me in regards to skill development i think me and you get a little bit more we have a lot more leeway than your high school basketball coach because we don't have the pressure of winning right on our back so in the summer we can take our time and really focus on the, the the progression and the skills that the kids need as opposed to because i've been a part of high school basketball programs whether it be um directly or indirectly and i know that there is a pressure that comes with winning and that has to be balanced with, okay, we got to get the kids better, too. You know, that's not a lot of time to do that.
0: Not at all. Uh, man, I, it, it's changed the way that I actually look at basketball. And I enjoy basketball more, to be honest. And that's why I stuck with training as opposed to coaching. I can go in the gym now and, and, and people will see me, you know, from the beginning to the end, from when they call the names all the way to the last tip, cheering for different kids on different teams they, they sometimes they can't even figure out who i'm there for you know what i mean and i get to enjoy you know watching and analyzing from a different standpoint so now i'm looking at you know individuals to a certain extent opposed to what the coach should be doing or what the ref is calling or you know things like that i'm just there focused on what my guys are doing are they using the stuff that I've taught? Uh, do we need to work on more stuff? Do I need to beat some some more stuff into the head that we've already worked on? You know, it, it just changed my whole aspect. So I, I enjoy basketball more, and I'm falling back in love with basketball, you know, uh, just because of that reason.
1: Well, and, and I think, like I said, for us, we, we don't have those pressures that – the, the high school coaches, the middle school coaches, even the elementary school coaches from a certain perspective have, because when we walk into a game, we, we don't have to worry about X's and O's. We don't have to worry about that the referee made a bad call or whatnot. Right. We don't have to worry about the plays that the coaches are calling. All we really have to do is kind of just dig in, enjoy the basketball game for one, and kind of, um you know, we call ourselves the nitpickers. Now I get to nitpick, you know, the players that I've been through my program, like you said, and we get to evaluate if the things that we've done is carrying over into gameplay, you know, Mm -hmm. and and if it's not, you know, that sends us back to the drawing board in regards to, okay, we either got to do something different, we got to do it better, we got to, you know, so yeah, but that is the beauty in my my mind of being a part of somebody growing as a basketball player or any player, the skill development aspect of it, because you get to see that player or those players um, slowly, but surely form into what they can't see, but what you see.
0: Right. Absolutely. You you know what I mean? Yeah. And I, you know, I, I would say our mind's eye is a little different than a lot of people. It's going to be different than coach. It's going to be different than mom and dad. It's going to be different than your peers. So, you know, we've seen a little bit more. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, having a a basketball background and having, you know, friends, coaching, friends, big-time scouts, you know, stuff like that, the basketball relationships that you build through this game, and I know you've built and everybody has. Uh, it, it gives you an advantage to, to what you can see for somebody's future.
1: Well, and 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 that for me has been, you know, I, I don't know how many times I've reached out to ask the coach's opinion, to ask your opinion in regards to certain things I would like to do, or how do you look at this player? What do you see? You know? And like I said, we, we don't agree 100% on everything, but I still like the input of other people's vision in regards to um, how things can be done, you know, how can you get better? Because at the end of the day, that's my goal, is be the best coach slash trainer, you know, that I can possibly be because Mm -hmm. it it only helps the kids in the long run. And you can ask those kids that have been through our programs, at least, you know, mine, and they're going to say, hey, man, this guy's critical. He has no problem. Um, saying nah, man, can't do that at all, right? You know right. because it, I, I it,
0: respect that.
1: Yeah. Yes. Yes.
0: I respect that.
1: So, we we go from that to now. <laughs> no, I can't let you get out of here without Uh-oh. the Cyclones trivia. <laughs> yeah, here
0: we go. Here we go. In, in this segment, I'm gonna try, try not to Google. All right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: In this segment, we'd like to take our guest's knowledge concerning high school basketball in Kentucky. So go ahead and get your thinking cap on. And the category is current events. All right. Okay, now here we go. Gotcha. What local basketball player will be inducted into the Kentucky High School Basketball Ah. Hall of Fame? on July
0: the 11th. Uh, I know this answer. She spent two years at Franklin County High School and then spent her last two at Western Hills. She also played for Duke, I believe. And don't please hold it against my head and not my heart if I say this name wrong. Is it Sally Goins? Connie Goins. Connie going, Man, I knew it was Goins. I just couldn't remember her first name. And I actually didn't know this until, you know, she just got inducted and everything. And I apologize to her because I definitely should have already had that on my radar. I apologize.
1: I will, I will give you uh, 50% on that. At least you had the last name. <laughs> I Man. should have just
0: said going, <laughs> Right. And then with, put, it on, put it in your court. <laughs> with,
1: with that being said, I like to give that a uh, shout out to Connie Goins. Um, I happened to was blessed with the opportunity to coach with her for a few years on the middle school and high school level. And let me tell you something. If there's anybody that's deserving of that honor, it would be her. Like you said, she played two years in Franklin County, played two years at Western Hills. She was an all state selection Um miss basketball and took her career to duke university where she was a standout athlete so shout out to miss connie goins congratulations to a well-deserved honor
0: man hey suggestion first guest you gonna have me on as a co-host they gotta be our first guest
1: well here's the thing you know i'm already in motion i've already reached out to miss goins uh, in regards to getting her on the show. So, and, and I know Come with all. this with this um, coronavirus situation, she would be one of those guests that I would like to sit down so we won't right. have no audio difficulties. We don't have to do the Zoom call, you know. Right. So she's one of those guests. And, and there's a couple, quite a few that I have in my mind that I want to be face-to-face with them and really enjoy the experience right. of sitting down and interviewing them. Right and talking to them.
0: Gotcha. you on it then already. Already.
1: Um, yes, with that being said, I, I like to thank Gordon Miles for taking the time to sit back down with us, Gordon. It's great. Like I said, the invitation is open and in the future, I think that you will probably see Gordon Miles from Prototype Athletics co-host quite a few more episodes. Um,
0: yeah you are right man but you know i'm gonna be here every time you can have me man we'll work it out like we always do your schedule's always crazy mine's always crazy so we'll work it out regardless right i'm there
1: again i want to thank you for joining us um slash shout outs of course like we always do um mm-hmm. balls in your court
0: uh man i'm blessed and i thank you man for having me of course thank you for you know just us being the longest ride together, man, both trying to figure out this basketball thing and trying to figure out our way and our lane. Uh, I just wanna say uh, rest in peace to Damon Green, one of the greatest uh, teachers that I've ever had, uh, one of the best mentors I've ever had, a teacher at Elkhorn Middle School. Uh, everybody who's lived on the east side of Frankfurt has had him for their course class and I guarantee it was the most enlightened part of their day. He was a uh, an amazing human being man he meant so much to so many people and uh, we just want to say rest in peace mr green we definitely love you and we definitely gonna never forget you always thinking about you
1: with that being said for gordon miles prototype athletics for mr green please rest in peace i'm coach malik cyclones podcast